We are back, All Things Sports, episode number seven. We are here after a couple of weeks, but we got a lot to talk about. Uh, a lot has happened. We're right in the middle of the NBA playoffs. The NHL playoffs are starting off pretty soon. The NFL draft is later this week. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to look forward to. Let's jump right into some news. Scotty Barnes wins Rookie of the Year. Do we see this one coming? Um, I know a lot of people are going to argue Kate Cunningham deserves it more, but did we see Scotty Barnes winning Rookie of the Year? In my opinion, I thought it was well-deserved, but I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys think. Uh, really quickly, I just want to give a shout-out to our executive producer, G, here. We got a little special interview later, and a thanks yeah. to him and our special guest, who we'll introduce later on, and our liaison, Kate Farone, talking to Sungjae Im. Just a shout out to them. And I also would like Appreciate to just call out that uh, it's been a couple of weeks, but I did call Scotty Scheffler winning the Masters. So props to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back, back to the topic. The um, moneymaker. Yeah, he was on fire. Um, back to the topic, though. So I I don't hate it. Scotty Barnes, I mean, you know, obviously, as you said, there's Cade Cottingham and Jalen Green, obviously great seasons. Um, even Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley, yeah. Um. I think the thing, though, is, like, that's pretty obvious. He's on a playoff team. And not saying that he single-handedly led them there, but I don't think the Raptors were amazing this year, and I think he was a big contributor. You know, he averaged, I think, the most or second most points out of all rookies. So I, I'm fine with that for rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Scotty Barnes, I, I definitely think he deserved it. I mean, he averaged what he averaged. 15 points, I think I see here, 17, or no, that's funny, 15 points, seven rebounds, three steals, and one steal a game. Um, it came out, you said it came out of him, and I think it was Evan Mobley from the Cavs, right? Um, yeah, it was those three were the finalists. Yeah, yeah I, I think he really took over, like you said, I think he took over. I think he won back-to-back Rookie of the Month in February and March. So, I mean, I think it's deserved. I mean, he put up great numbers. He elevated the Raptors through a you know, great season. He helped them out a lot, and I think they're going to have a good future with him. So, I mean, I don't mind it at all. I think he, uh, I think Bobby's a beast. I think Cleveland's having a good thing down there, but I think that uh, Scotty Barnes definitely is well deserving of the uh, rookie of the year. Yeah, I can't agree more. I think it's um, a very interesting race. Um, you know, people argue Cade averaging 17 points a game. Um, you know, not saying it's empty stats because he's not working with much in Detroit, but you know, Barnes is contributing on a playoff team. And you know, the Raptors, no one really knew how they were going to be. They had a good – obviously, they won it all with Kawhi three years ago. But they were, they've were they been in the rebuilding process. And they have some really athletic wings. And Barnes kind of just fits right in. So, I think this is well-deserved from Barnes. I think Mobley was also another candidate that I would have been fine having him winning. But I can't really complain about this um, going to Barnes. He's a stud defensively. And we saw what the Raptors did without him. They really need him. He's been hurt in the series. So, I think it's a great – Great award for Barnes to win his first year, and I think it's very well-deserved. So we're all on the same page for that. Awesome. Interested about this one, though. Debo Samuel started a San Fran requesting a trade. What do we think is the reason? It's a little weird, honestly. I don't really know what's good with it. But where do we think he'll end up? Like, where do we think he maybe takes his talents to? Does he stay? But what the hell is going on here? I've seen things everywhere regarding why, where he could end up. It's just, 
I mean, supposedly the reason he wants out is because he doesn't want to be used that much as a running back. Obviously, brings his value down if he's getting hit. In addition, you know, he's getting six carries a game. You get hit every play as a running back, essentially. Um, I know in our group chat earlier today, someone sent a video of him. He was at a club. Yeah, there's a sign. Yeah, there's a sign saying, like, Debo is staying. And he was, like, shaking his head in the background. Oh, no, I'm I, I think he's gone. But I don't see how if, you know, there's 31 other teams in the league who could use a guy like him at the receiver position. So, <clears throat> obviously, I think you have teams like Green Bay, I think, should be a front runner. Um I think he could fit in pretty much anywhere, but oof, it's been a crazy offseason. Uh, my thing with Debo is I think odds came out on the go somewhere. I think it was like minus 300 and thing in San Fran. I think it's like a long shot for him to go to KC or Green Bay. Um, my thing is with him, I mean, obviously he's a talent. He's a ridiculous talent. I think he'd be good anywhere. Where I think he should go is Green Bay or Kansas City. Um Will I think he go? I don't think he – I mean, I don't know why he – I don't know. I mean, I guess, Brandon, the rumor is that he doesn't like to use as a running back as much. Um, I don't know if that's the reason why, but I think he should be going to Green Bay or Kansas City. I think Ken, I think if Andy B gets his hands on a guy like that, um, I think he'd be just equally as good as – I mean, not as good, but a little bit worse than Tariq Hill, I think, for that system. Um, and obviously, if you go to Green Bay with Rodgers throwing you the football, you can just become that much better. Um, and they're obviously in desperate need of a receiver – so, I mean, I think he should be going to Kansas City or Green Bay for sure after losing Devontae and Tariq Hill. But as far as do I think he's going to leave? I mean, like I said in that video I sent you earlier at a club, he's sitting there shaking his head saying, I'm absolutely not. Fuck this. I'm staying. But I don't know the whole reason why or the whole, you know, background of to what it is. But, yeah, I think it should be KC or Green Bay if he wants to go somewhere. Yeah, I mean, he's came out and done these little antics, but – the big report is that it's his usage, like you guys have mentioned, and not money. Because um, why wouldn't the Niners pay him? Um, and it's interesting because I think as a true receiver, as good as Debo is, there's a lot of guys that I take over him. I don't think he's top five as a receiver. I, he's definitely top ten, probably top seven or eight. But, like, as a receiver, as, like, a route runner, like hands, all those traits, I don't know if he's – as elite as some other receivers that specialize in route running and so on. So it's tough. And I think, you know, what gives him an advantage to his game is because he's so versatile. He's so dynamic. He can be used everywhere. And it's a shame that he really just wants to stick to one position because he was killing it. I mean, he was putting up fantasy numbers for I mean, insane numbers. He was winning games. He literally won the game in Dallas. He was making things happen, doing everything, not just catching the ball. He was running the ball, whatever. So, you know, I think Kansas City, I don't think they're going to, but I think he'd obviously be a huge help to their wide receiver courts. But I think the Philadelphia Eagles would benefit the most from getting Debo. I think he fits right into the run-heavy offense. He can also be using receiver. Jalen Hurts can also sling the ball. Um, I think they should be all over it right now, pair him up with Devontae Smith, maybe draft receiver. I think they should be all over. And obviously the Green Bay Packers, we know they're not going to do shit. We know they're not going to get him. But they obviously should look into getting a good receiver like him after giving up Devontae Adams. I don't know. I, I think the Eagles would be the best fit for him. Um, but it's just, like, very interesting because it almost seemed like a plus, and I get it. Like, you know, it's it's a lot of wear and tear on his body. But, like, he had a great season last year because of his ability to do so much on the field. 
So I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking. Long term, just make long term fix it. I think with Debo, I think you should keep doing what he's doing good. But I yeah. mean, obviously, I'm not getting. Well, hit. we can't speak on his body. This so maybe he's taking huge hits that are fucking him up. That's so what I'm as, a, as, a, yeah. as a fan, I'm saying that, but I'm not getting the one getting hit by these fucking big ass linebackers. Exactly. And I will say this: the more we talk about this, like the more I think, I don't know how possible how possible it is, but the more you know, the best fit is like Kansas City. You know, they love those jet sweeps with Tyreek and like Nicole Hardman. I think like his running ability, that's like can't get much better than that. Obviously, other than lining up in the backfield, but I just don't think they gamble on him personally. I I don't. I I don't. I agree with you. Not gamble because he's a stud, but like I don't think they. I I just don't see them trading for him. I don't know why. I can't really explain it, but no, I I, I don't think it happens. But I just think like scheme and fit wise, like it's exactly. It's. I don't think it's going to happen at all. Totally fucking agree with that. All right, so let's shift topics. It's probably the most shocking one, in my opinion. Jay Wright retires. And this is after a Final Four run. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what happened. He said he lost his edge in coaching. Um, such a shame, honestly. Probably the greatest coach in the world. Um, what do we think? I mean, I mean, I'm shocked by it. I, when I found out, I was like, what the hell? Because you would think after such a great season, you want to run it back. I don't know. What do we think? I mean, this one's not much to it. I mean, this one's kind of short and sweet. I mean, like I said, everybody was shocked. Not I, I said, like you said, everyone was uh, kind of, you know, thrown off by this. I think I called my dad um, the next morning. I was like talking about sports, whatever. And we were talking about whatever. And I said, did you hear about Jay Wright? He's like, what? what you, Jay Wright in Villanova? He got, he's what? He got fired or what, what happened? I'm like, no, he's just, he stepped down. And I'm like, I mean, everybody first reaction was like, what the hell is this? What, what's, what's the reason? I think you said it's because he said, is he doesn't have the same edge like he used to have, I think, or something. Um, I think that's what he, he, he said. said. He doesn't have the ed- the coaching edge anymore. He's always had, yeah. That's what ESPN reported. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I mean, it's it sucks. It's a huge loss. I mean, the guy's an icon. He's one of the best ever to do it. And you know, college basketball would definitely not be the same without him. He is an unbelievable coach, Hall of Fame coach, and you know, it's just shocking. It sucks, but I mean, if he did it, with all due respect, I mean, he do whatever he wants to. He's the guys want to love games. He do whatever the heck he wants to do. So definitely shocking, but sucks, but good for him. He's, he's done a lot for Villanova and changed that program around. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's – I'd consider what would be relatively young for a coach retiring, but, you know, he's done it all. Won conference championships, NCAA championships. I mean, he's leaving the program in good hands. And like you guys said, if he loses his edge, can't blame him. I mean – he, kind of hindsight now, but like looking at his interviews, like post loss, he's like, "This isn't about me; it's about the guys." Like it's all hindsight now, but you, that was kind of a telltale, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's won a national championship two times in the four Final Fours, and it's, it's crazy. He is a goat, in my opinion, right up with Coach K. And ah, the guy's a goat, not opinion. Yeah, it's just crazy, fun. crazy news. Villanova, I mean, Villanova is losing a lot of their guys, so. They're not in the best hands. You should be getting some recruits, though, but crazy news, whatever. So NBA playoffs are happening as we speak right now. There's a game going on as we talk right now. Let's kind of talk about all of these series. So I'll I'll run through them real quick. So Boston is up on Brooklyn three to nothing. Personally, I'm a little surprised by that, but not entirely. I just wonder what you guys think about that series and what you think the reason is for it potentially being a sweep. Do we think it'll be a sweep? What do we think? 
You can go ahead, Brandon. I'll stop you. I, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, did I like, I didn't think they'd be up 3 0, and I don't think they'll sweep, but I wouldn't be surprised, and I'm not surprised that they're up 3 0. I mean, the Celtics are a really good team. Like, they have a lot they're of They're very good. They're a lot very of depth, a lot of guys who can contribute. Um, defensive player of the year in Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum's unbelievable. Um, I mean, like, KD's getting older, I guess. That's not an excuse or anything. It's not a reason, but they lost some of their depth, I guess. They're, I just think they're not meshing that well. There's all this stuff with Kyrie and his shenanigans. There's just so much external, like, factors and forces. They're just not – they're just not – that's how it is. Celtics are just a really good team. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always said Tatum's going to be a star. I think he's going to be – I mean, he already is a superstar. I've always said it from the beginning. Uh, you know, Ginger knows I've always said the guy is a freaking beast. I yep. didn't know he'd be this good. I didn't think he'd be the best player to win the, to like, you know, win it all on a team, but he definitely could be that guy. He's still super duper young. I mean, the guy is what? How old is he? How old is Tatum? 20, 20. Tatum is, Tatum is 23, I'm pretty sure. 23. Yeah, it's what he's doing is just 24. My bad. My bad. 24. So, I don't know if it's more than, I mean, I think it's a combination of the Nets just being so bad right now. Um, and all the problems they've been having with, you know, K- uh, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, all the issues they have off the court, or it's just, I mean, I don't know if we're giving them enough credit. I mean, Rob Williams playing also with them is a different team. Uh, Brown is a su- elite talent. I mean, the Celtics are just well coached. They play as a team. The Nets are just a mess right now. Uh, Simmons, I mean, he just completely, I, he, like, I think Stephen A. said this today at halftime, he's just pathetic. I mean, <laughs> He's just straight up a thing. He doesn't like the game. He just wants the money. He, he didn't like play He dressed up in fucking Gucci. It's actually crazy. No, it's actually crazy. There's no other words besides pathetic for, for Ben Simmons. I mean, the guy's getting paid all this money to sit and not play one game all season, wakes up yesterday and goes to the Nets facility and says, my back's sore. I mean, the guy just is a clown. I mean, there's nothing yeah. else. Really, really quickly, how much of this is on, like, Steve Nash, you guys think? I feel like he doesn't get any of the flag from what I've heard. It's like He's all getting fired. Fired. He'll, get, he'll get fired if they right. get swept 100 percent if they don't and they lose in five or losing whatever i think there's like the 75 percent chance he gets fired my roommate's a dire net fan as you guys know and he's they want him gone huh do they want him gone they're saying that he's 100 getting fired no matter what i think that they think that the schemes i mean obviously katie's not making shots but the way that the nets just aren't adjusting in the defense and katie just i don't know they're not drawing up the right plays. I don't know what it is, but there's just no cohesive, you know. I think Kyrie Asadeh has played 47% of games being as the Nets since he started. There's just no, like, unity at all with this team. There's, there's no motor. There's absolutely no motor with there's this no team. Unity. They're, they're a two-man show. Everything you're saying, Matt, is 100% true. And, and Kyrie is just – what were you saying? And I'm saying I, I – it's you can look at the previous episode. I've also been pulling for them. I felt the Nets with KD and Kyrie as a team you don't want to see in the playoffs – and like I said, KD and Kyrie is a team you definitely, definitely do not want to, you know, run into at, a, at the wrong time. But if those two guys are off, which they've been off, you've seen Bruce Brown is having to step up and he still lose games. I mean, I don't know. They could still make something happen. There's obviously always going to be a, you know, chance with Kevin Durant because he's the best player in the world. But I mean, I don't think that. I think there's a chance, but I, I don't. I don't see it happening because you're Durant, absolutely insane. The series is 100 over. I don't, Kevin Durant is not the best player in the world. He's anymore. not anymore. It's Giannis. It's Giannis still. I don't know. I, I think KD's still one of the best scorers ever. Giannis played. is the best player in the world. Giannis. I just like 
moving on from the Nets, I'm moving, changing the topic. These series, I will say, I, this has been the best playoffs, in my opinion. I'm not, I don't love the NBA playoffs until the finals because there usually is no adversity. There's a lot of close games and close series. I mean, this Grizzlies series yeah. is unbelievable. Specifically on the Western side, I think with yes. the Grizzlies and Wolves series, the Mavericks and Jazz, you know, the, the Suns and Pelicans are playing tonight, but that game could easily Uh-oh. go Pelicans way. Cut out for you, yeah. too. Oh, he's back. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah, you're back. You're back. So I was saying the Grizzlies and Wolves, obviously, and then the Mavericks and the Jazz, and then tonight the Suns play the Pelicans, and that can the Pelicans can tie up that series too. So that's, that's three like series. McCollum is unbelievable. He's a stud, and Ingram is just a stud also. And you know, I know the Suns don't have Booker right now, but that's why it's close. They yeah. had back. That's right. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good series and. I think with the East, I, I mean, look, Miami just That's won. Rap. So they're up three to one. That's wraps. Uh, Sixers are going to be Toronto. They're up three to one. Bucks will be the Bulls three to one. So we're going to get a Celtics Bucks semifinal. That's going to be a good ass series. That's going to be insane. And then Sixers Heat, which I think is going to be crazy as well. I think so, the winner of that, I think the, I mean, I said originally, my pick was the Bucks and the Nets. I think the winner of the Bucks Celtics is going to the finals of the East. I know. Your hot take needs to step it up a bit. The Grizzlies. Uh... Oh, yeah, that was my hot take. <laughs> was your hot take mad at those Jays? No, that was my crazy hot take. I don't think it was mine. I think what was – That was mine. We've, we've, we've had a couple. I'm starting to forget mine. But, yeah, I mean, these playoffs have been sick. Uh, I'm really excited to see what happens in this Grizzlies series, personally, um, and the Dallas series, obviously, with Luka back. But yeah, I think it's just, and with uh, going back to the Nets, I'm sorry. I, I think they are just a disgrace. <laughs> Honestly, uh, how do you put KD and Kyrie together and not make at least somewhat of a run? And they're probably going to get swept. Uh, I think a lot of the blame is on KD, but more to the success of the Boston Celtics. A lot of people wrote oh, them same. off. Um, they've been hot recently, obviously, but you know, for the past years, they kind of kept their core. They kept Tatum, Brown, and Marcus Smart, and they kept pieces like Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Peyton Pritchard, and they got Horford back. They, they've done their due diligence in moving Brad Stevens back to the front office instead of coaching. Okay. And I, I love it. They play with such grit. They, defensively, they have the highest net rating and off. Like They are legit. Um, if I had to predict right now, I think they're going to go to the finals. They're playing like it, but okay. who knows? Middleton come back and the Bucks gonna run. The winner of that series going to the finals, I think, out of the East. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely I could definitely see that happening. I think that can definitely happen. And what do you think of the West? Because like that's just like completely. I mean, who knows? But I still I still think it's kind of a two like two three team race. Like I like I said earlier, I think the Grizz are like a great team, but they're still young, inexperienced. Yeah, I don't know. they make it out. I mean. Warriors are playing good. They're so deep. It's it's just not fair. Jonathan Kaminga's amazing. He uh, we didn't talk about him for rookie of the year. I mean, I think if he's on a middle of the pack team, he he could have won it. Rookie of the year. He's not bad. I mean, they, they lost today. I mean, the Warriors are insane. I, I still think it's the Suns, but the Warriors are insane. Yeah. Um, if Steph plays half as good in the first half, they would have probably won today and swept the Nuggets. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that the Warriors or the Suns. If Booker's healthy, I think the Suns – there's no better team play basketball that I've seen with a leader like Chris Paul um, better than the – I mean, the way Chris Paul leads, the way he can just finish games and the young time they have around him with Bridges' freaking defensive ability. And I don't know. I think that the the Suns of the Warriors – probably the Suns of Idol take one. Um, 
my West pick. Yeah, the Suns are legit. Warriors are legit. I still think Dallas. Is... My hot take with the Grizzlies could be there too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all that, but whatever. So that's all great. So we're going to cut to our interview now with Wizards forward Anthony Gills. Great catching up with him. Such a good dude and a great player as well. Um, we thank him for coming on. It was just a great Guys. time. So we'll listen to that. We'll listen to that right now. We'll listen to that right now. All right, ATS Podcast, Episode 7. Today, we have a special guest. Started his career at South Carolina, went to UVA, went overseas, and went to my hometown, Washington Wizards. It's Anthony Gill. He is here. We're going to ask him a little bit about his playing career, dive in, see you know, how his game changed over time, and get, a little, we'll get to know him a little bit better. So I'm going to start off by asking Anthony, you know, we all have our welcome to the league moments, whether it's getting crossed up, whether it's getting yammed on, whatever it is. What would you say yours was in the NBA, maybe? Um, for me, I would probably say it was – there's not, like, one specific moment that stands out. It was more just, like, a surreal moment, you know, that I had been playing professional for years before I got over here uh, to America. Um, and then when I first stepped on the court preseason uh, against Brooklyn, uh, and I was on the court with KD uh, and guys like that, you know, I was just like, man, like I'm finally here. Not so much like, you know, and and all of those guys just like, man, I've been watching these guys for years on TV and now like I'm here. Like, and then I remember right after I thought about that, uh, Jeff Green shot a jump hook right over top of me. <laughs> like, oh man, I need to lock in. You know, I can't be like just thinking about like, oh, I'm finally here. I got to really take advantage of my time. So, uh, right. That moment I realized like, man, like I'm finally here. Yeah. So, um, I actually, I actually want to ask a question dating back to your college career. Um, you started out in Columbia at South Carolina before transferring to Tony Bennett's team in Virginia. Um, it seems like the transfer portal new rules are very popular in college. Do you wish that, um, you know, you didn't have to sit out a year and that, that those rules were in place back then? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that was back then it was like, it was a huge deal to transfer because, yeah. you know, yeah. taking a year out of your playing career to sit out and develop and everything like that. Uh, so it was, I kind of do wish it was a little different, you know, because, you know, I could just go straight into playing, but yeah. that year that I had, you know, for me, I wouldn't take it back for anything. You know, that was like, I developed as a player, I developed as a person, as a man, everything. And like, before I got to UVA, like, if you asked me what type of player I was, like, I couldn't give you an answer. Like, I had no – if you asked me how I was scoring points at South Carolina, I would just be like, I had no idea. Like, I, I couldn't even figure out, like, how my body was moving and, like, how I was running. Like, like thinking back on that time, I'm like, man, like, how did I even put the ball in the basket? So, like, that year for me was, like, a good development year and understanding, like, who I was as a player. Yeah, for sure. That's dope. So, yeah, I kind of just wanted to touch base on that, too. So, playing under Tony Bennett, obviously, great experience, I'm sure. So, what was your biggest takeaway from him overall? Be professional. You know, his his not only Coach Bennett, but his whole entire staff, like Rich McKay, Jason Williford, 
uh, Ron Sanchez, all those guys who are coaching at a high level now, they taught me how to be more professional um, more than anything and how to be a man more than anything first. And, you know, I think UVA does a great job of developing guys like that. If you look at all the guys around in the league, you know, who went to UVA, if you, if you hear about their reputation, usually it's, um, it's a good reputation. Usually they have their, their head on their shoulder straight and uh, they know what they want out of life and, and you know, they ha- know how to handle themselves. So for me, that was the biggest thing that I learned. And my biggest takeaway is, you know, always be on time, you know, always treat everybody with respect and love and, and, and those kind of things. Just the, the kind of basic human decencies that most people kind of miss out on in their college experiences because, you know, they're, they're always praised and everything like that. You know, for me, that was probably the biggest takeaway is like how to be professional. Gotcha. And you still keep in touch with Malcolm and London and all those guys or now? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Those okay. are my boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anthony, another thing I noticed was uh, you weren't much of an outside shooter, a three-point shooter in college. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, now in the NBA, we see you taking a lot of threes and making a lot of threes. When and how did you kind of make that jump in your game and uh, bring that outside perimeter shooting to your arsenal? Uh, yeah, so I went – when I was at South Carolina, I shot the three. Then I transferred to UVA, and the system kind of, you know, dictated that I wasn't going to shoot that many. So uh, I kind of had to adjust to that, um, which was fun, man. Like, again, you had to learn – basketball is all about adapting. So, like, if if you're not the best player on the team or you're not going to be the one who's shooting all the shots, you have to figure out, you know, how can I be productive in the, in the minutes that I do have. And, adjusting and sacrificing a little bit, little part of my game in order for me to, you know, be able to be on the court was a no brainer for me. You know, if I don't get to shoot the three in college, like that's okay. I'll find another way to score. Uh, And then as soon as I went to my next professional year, uh, I was shooting threes and right kind of back to normal, picking up, you know, where I left off from South Carolina. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So I kind of want to switch to the Wizards. So I'm, you know me, I'm a huge Wizards fan. And I've seen over the past years with the coaches, with Scott Brooks and Wes Onsell, you know, with Wes, it seemed like defensively we were a lot better. Um, I was just wondering if you noticed a difference in their coaching styles, um, maybe something you took away from each of them. Um, not going to ask you who you enjoyed playing under more, but maybe something, maybe their coaching styles, like what, what do they specialize in? specifically uh, both great coaches you know first and foremost like a lot of experience um you know coach Unsell, he's only been a head coach for this one year but uh he's been an assistant and all over the league for years you know and uh coach brooks you know obviously he's he has his uh his uh rap sheet and everything like that so he's you know he's a great coach in his own right and um you know i think they both have good things about him. Uh, coach Brooks was like a player's coach. So like, you know, he played the game uh, on the same level as us. So he could really connect with us uh, in ways that, you know, the, another coach couldn't, you know, cause he understood like everything that we've gone through and, you know, you know, the daily grind of everything. Uh, coach Unsell, uh, just unbelievable person. You know, he's, his knowledge for the game, his attention to detail for the game is, you know, unbelievable. And uh, for everybody to understand, like, you know, this guy puts a lot of time into this game. And, you know, as players, we can, we can see that and we can understand that, you know, he, he really does put so much thought into everything that we do. Yeah. 
I actually, Anthony, saw um, I saw an interview from Luka Doncic um, a few years ago when he said um, he said scoring the ball overseas was actually harder than scoring in the NBA um, with all the continuation rules and the fouls or whatever. Um, you have a lot of history playing overseas. What would you say the biggest difference is, like, offensive-wise, um, playing overseas versus in the NBA? And is that statement true, you think? Uh, 100%. So – in Europe, they would just find the tallest, biggest guy they could and put him in the paint because there's no three seconds. Yeah, that's so. Okay. You know that <laughs> it's hard to the lane because there's a big old seven foot guy from Serbia just sitting down there ready to foul you as soon as you come in the lane. Um, you know, and and there's more of a attention to detail on the defensive end, and every possession matters. Uh, in Europe as far and as well as every game, you know, the way they structure their seasons um, and the schedule, every game that you play matters. So everybody's going all out every possession. So, and in a lot of ways, you know, what he says is is true, Um, but don't, don't get it wrong. You know, like it's, it's definitely still hard to score in the NBA. You know, you see, uh, I just saw (laughs) tonight, you know, go, go a game where he only scored one point. Um, play 27 minutes you know it's it's still tough you know that you know he's a great player great Jay, Jay Crowder is and for him to go one point in 27 minutes just speaks to you know how tough it is you know a lot of this stuff you guys don't think about like flow of the game like who's got it going you know how is my team operating right now uh, is it best for me to get this shot force up a shot or get the next man the ball you know a lot of those kind of things you know play into the everything that goes into to scoring the ball in the NBA. So it's, it's, they both are tough, but Europe was a little bit tougher. That's awesome. So I just have another question about the Wizards. So you were there in the playoff run last year against the Sixers in the playing game. Um, you obviously saw the leadership of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. And I was just wondering maybe like what you took away from them. And like, you know, you saw them at their peak in, in the prime moments of the NBA. So I was just wondering, like, you know, how they were as leaders and maybe what they said to everyone. Yeah, you know, for for me, Brad is more of, like, you see what I do, and that's how I lead. You know, he's every day come in and and do what he has to do. Every day his approach to the game is, you know, you can't can't compare to anybody else. You know, he's always here, ready to do his job, ready to come out and, and get a bucket, really. Uh, and you kind of have to play match his level. Um, with Russ, it was a lot more of the same thing, but a lot more vocal. You know, he held everybody accountable um, vocally and, you know, made sure everybody was doing what they needed to do, make sure everyone understood what their role was um, on the team. Um, you know, but uh, also what I take the biggest thing from Russ is, like, he played hard every single game. You know, for every single game that he stepped out on the court, like, I know he gets a lot of crap from, you know, the media and everybody, but like this guy body I've ever seen before. Um, And to just watch that on a daily basis, you know, really motivated me to go out there. And like, if this guy who has accomplished all these things is playing this hard every single game, like what, what's stopping me from doing it? You know? So those are the two biggest takeaways I can think of coming from those two great leaders that we have, uh, we had, you know, in Russ and, and still have him and Brad. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I kind of have an unbasketball related question. Um, you know, throughout the season, you're traveling a lot. There's a lot of road trips. Um, 
what cities kind of are you guys like you kind of look at your calendar and look forward to and how often do you guys get to kind of enjoy yourselves during the season and go out, you know, maybe like night after a game or whatever, James Harden strip club right before the game or whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, me, I wouldn't know about any of those kind of activities, but uh, you know, I'm always good down for a good dinner, you know, and mm-hmm. every city we go into, I try to, you know, facilitate, facilitate some kind of dinner with the team so we can get some team bonding in and stuff like that. I'm also different than a lot of guys like, Everybody looks forward to like the Miamis and LA's, you know, for me, that's great, you know, but a lot of times they can take your focus away. So like, mm-hmm. I look forward to like, OKC, uh, Detroit, like those kind of places where I know I can be locked in, still have a good time, you know, and go out to enjoy dinner and stuff like that, be with the guys and the team. But uh, I look forward to those kind of cities. It also reminds me of uh, where I grew up, you know, small town, uh, kind of blue collared feel, you know, and I love those kind of cities. What's your go-to meal? Just wonder. Go-to meal, man. I have. I can tell you my game day meal. So yeah. my game day meal is five turkey sausage links, uh, an acai bowl, two hash browns. So like two hash brown patties, and then uh, like two Eggo waffles. That's awesome. Yeah, every game day. That's the only thing I eat all day until the game. So. <laughs> Love that. Like that. I'm going to try that and, out. <laughs> hey, man, it works for me. I, I'm loving it. <laughs> You'll see me on the Wizards next year, man. Well, both Wizards fans here, um, uh, can we count on getting you back in D.C.? Hey, man, it's, it's I would love to be here. It's not up to me at this point. You know, it's up to the management and everything like that. So I love the guys here. I love the city. So it's it's all up to the management and uh, my agent, really, to see where, see where it goes from here. Yeah, I mean, we'd love to have you back. I just have one more question, a um, little bit. Little, we'll, let's, we'll see how you answer this. But you've been in a couple locker rooms in the NBA. Um, who's, like, the biggest clown, prankster you've oh, ever been in the locker room with? Easy is Denny Obdia. I do. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Uh, oh, man. Everything is always a joke. Like, really? He walks in and he's looking like for somebody to joke with. Like, and sometimes like he likes to play this like, you know, I'm European, I don't understand that much, like kind of thing. What's going on? Like, you can tell like he knows, and like I've I knew him in Europe too, so like I know exactly when like he's like playing this game. So like for sure it's Denny. Oh, you knew him in Europe? Yeah, we played against each other for three years. Oh my god, so yeah. Well, I know uh, Rui went through his little TikTok phase also, so I was wondering if he'd be uh, in the running for that. <laughs> Let me tell you, combination of – so, like, the way I've explained it is, like, there's a hierarchy of Kuzmas on our <laughs> So, like, there's Denny at the bottom, then there's Rui in the middle, and then there's Kuz. And they're all trying to work their way up to be the ultimate Kuz level. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're that doing it <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but it actually says on your Wikipedia page that uh, it says that you have a reputation around the league of being a prankster and that you made up stories such as owning a two-headed Siamese cat hey. and being a magician in your free time. I can neither confirm or deny any of these things, so <laughs> you just have to be around me to understand what goes on. Like, uh, I mean, I could magic tricks, but you would have to be a person. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we're at a Wizards game, we'll yell down to you to kind of to show us like a halftime show. 
Uh, if they can work me in in the halftime show, that would be great. Like, I, I would put on the show. I don't think yeah. Coach Webb happy with me, you know, performing at halftime, but <laughs> it'll be all right. That's all. The part yeah. Jackie Moon. You'd be like Jackie Moon. Exactly. <laughs> everything. In charge of everything. I'll make it happen. That's awesome. I think All we're right, going to stick so, to uh, NBA playoffs now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Let's talk NBA playoffs. It's been a little crazy, honestly, um, with the Timberwolves being the Grizzlies. But who do you have coming out of the East? I'm just curious who you think is going to come out of there. Man, I can't pick a, a certain team. You know, for me, it's hard enough to watch these games. <laughs> right. Let them go through and say, like, these guys are going to win it. You know, as a competitor, I just get so – I'm like – I watch these these games and I'm like, oh, like, and then they show they like pan to the to the fans and I'm like, is that another player from another team like in the stands? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, <laughs> I get it, like I get it. They're supporting their friends and everything like that. But as a competitor, I'm just like, I can't be the one who's you know sitting well, here. What's just- his name? Was there Julius Randall? Was that the um, what game was he at? Was he at the Mads game? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. But that's yeah. a good example of that. Yeah. I just like I'm just like man, this is like this is different for me, you know. Like I I want to be here, so like for me to go to a game and watch it, it would be tough. But you know, it's it's a humbling experience too to go there and just be like man, this is where I want to be next year. So I can't really put my finger on one team, you know. You know, a lot all the teams are great. You know, we just played Boston at the end of the year and they were rolling, man. Um, you know, along with Brooklyn, who is also you can't deny the talent that they have, even though their record, you know, they're a different seed than they usually would be, but you can't, KD is one of the best players in the league. So is Kyrie. So how, how can you go against those guys? Uh, but then you look at every other team in the East who's like, who's up there, like the heat, they've been going under, under the radar all year, you know, mm-hmm. number one, number two all year. And then no one's talks about them. So it'll right. be interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many good teams in both East and West. It's kind of hard to really like lock in on one, even if you, you know, we're just trying to pick one. But yeah, that's you'll be there, man. <laughs> you'll be there. Don't worry. As long as you keep working. DC you'll be rising. There. DC rising. Yes, sir. I believe that, man. Hey, look, even if we weren't there, I still wouldn't be able, you know, I still can't go out there and root for somebody else, you know. I feel that. I feel that. It yeah, feels I mean, like. It seems like around the league, the uh, playing game has been very popular with players and fans. Um, are you a big fan of that? And do you think it uh, makes the playoffs more exciting? It definitely gives the fans something, you know, to look forward to. You know, it's another game where like, man, my team could be in or out. Um, but then I just look at like those teams who are like seven and eight, and you're like, man, they worked hard for that seven and eight spot. But then there's a the possibility they can make one, one or two games just get knocked out. Yeah. Uh, so like that's the tough part, but I do think it's good for the game in the sense that, you know, they it brings a lot more excitement, you know, for the fans and it about the it's all about the fan experience, really. Yeah. You know? And that's what it comes down to. You know, we want to make sure the fans are as happy as they, you know, they can be. And, you know, because ultimately, you know, they they provide a, a living for us. So yeah. that if that's what works, that's what works. And, and not just that. I mean, Patrick Beverly thought he won an NBA Finals the other day when he won his plan. So <laughs> the players are happy too. It seems like. Hey man, he's he's passionate about it. But you love to see that, man. It's I love like, it. I love. I it. loved it. I, I thought love it was it. sick. You get like you get the real emotion, like, and that's like you would you would rather see that than somebody just like oh like now we're in the playoffs. You know, it's like that. that 
that to me was awesome. Like to see the fan base get behind him and and cheer him on and everything like that. Like that was that was cool. Can we see? Can we see that from you uh, with our next DC playoff win? We will. I don't, that, <laughs> you know, I, I like to stay like under the radar. So like. <laughs> Thing. Like, I'll just probably go back to the locker room and we can talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> Job not finished yet. <laughs> That's dope. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Hope to see you in a Wizards uniform next year. You've given us great minutes all year. We'd love to have you back. And yeah, really appreciate it, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me, man. I I, I know when my wife uh, kind of reached out to me about this, man, it was uh it was one of those things like, of course, man, Wizards fans, like, I, I got to take advantage of this, man. Of course. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, it means a lot. It means a lot. Well, yes, good sir. luck with your offseason, and we, we hope to have you back in D.C. next year and for, for the long term. All right, guys. Well, you guys have a good one, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. All right. So we're back, and let's talk NHL playoffs. Let's shift right from NBA to the NHL. Hopefully you, guys, hopefully you guys enjoy that interview with him, and we hope to have him back on. So, NHL playoffs. Brandon is a happy man that we're this. talking about this. I love I'll it. let him lead this one. I'll let him do everything because he is – he's the waiter for this one. Yeah, I mean, this uh, playoff – Brandon, Brandon, before you start, we uh, mentioned our NHL hater Ryan Baylor wasn't here today, but uh, – no. According to Baylor, NHL wasn't really a sport because what was his reason last time? It was something with about no. We were talking about who the can only athlete. be played in oh, yeah. temperatures and countries that have temperatures below thirty degrees. It's a good thing we're doing an NHL segment without Ryan Baylor on because he's a huge, huge hater on the NHL. So good thing we're doing yes. NHL without Baylor on. That's Flex. my God. But yeah, so jumping into it, I mean, there's this playoff race in the East. Well, the East is set. The teams are set at least, but there can still be a lot of movement. Uh, the West is going to be crazy coming down between Nashville, Dallas, and Vegas. You know, there's season ends in less than a week. There's like most teams have three to four games tops left. Some teams with two. Um, the Caps are playing as we speak against Toronto. This game is huge for them. If they win this, um, they're tied with Pittsburgh in the standings for what could potentially change who they play uh, with a game in hand also. I mean, there's just these last couple of games are important for every team. Uh, I'm going to jump in real quick because I know said the Caps. I, I'm watching that as we speak also. I know me and Brandon text a lot about the Caps. I'm not even close to as big a fan as Brandon is, but I'm definitely a fan of the Caps. Um, and I don't know. I'm going to – do you want to speak about the NHL all, James? Because I'm going to transfer my bold takeover. To, I mean, I can try. I honestly don't know shit, <laughs> but um, I can try. I, I hope the Caps take it home this year. I'm a big TJ Oshie fan. I, I really hope he's been – Good. I don't know. <laughs> He's good. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the NHL, it's interesting because, like, with NBA at least, you know, usually the same teams are on yeah, top and the same teams are good. I feel like with the NHL, it just depends on the year. And, um, you know, I, I think it's very hard to win in, in the NHL because of that. I feel like it's so competitive every year. Um, you know, it, it seems to be that the Panthers are on top of their division, obviously, Hurricanes and and then I think the Avalanche. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, obviously they're the studs. I'm hoping the Caps can make a run. They did just quench a playoff spot. So maybe they can bring some I'm gonna, magic I'm home. I'm oh, sorry. And yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think uh, I think they can make a run for sure. I think the, um, what's it called? I mean, it's about teams. I think teams, there's so many good teams in it. You can't really predict 
it's just so wide open. I feel like this year, I think the Lightning, I think the Maple Leafs, I think so many teams like that too. Also with Vasilevsky uh, being the Lightning's uh, key, uh, goaltender. I mean, there's so many teams that are just good and hockey. I think that's not really a standout team. I think you said the Panthers, Avalanche, Hurricane, Flames, the Wild. I mean, there's so many good teams. Um, but I think it's more like whatever team that's hot at the right time. Um, exactly. I think the, Blues, the Blues just won freaking, I think, nine straight games yeah. um, earlier on this month. Um, and I think, I think it's more just whoever gets hot at the right time. I think the playoffs are coming around the corner now. And I think, you know, like Brandon said, the Capitals, I mean, I'm definitely biased, but they're getting hot at the right time. I'll see my prediction. I'll my bullet take in a second. But there's so many great teams with, between hockey right now. There's, it's yeah. what team gets hot at the right time. I mean, I, this is going to be biased also as a Caps fan, but they're getting hot at the right time. There's like 7-1-1 one, one, their past nine. No one's talking about them, which I love. I mean, you know, you get all the hype and then you disappoint, but if you have no pressure on you, then that's when you shine most. I mean, yeah. I just – I think there's going to be some great series coming up and lots of good hockey to look forward to. So, Brandon, what's your what's your pick? Um, who do you – and unbiased. You can say the Caps if you truly believe so. But unbiased opinion about you know maybe who's who do you think is going to bring it home and maybe a sleeper team. Oh god, this is hard. Um, I think the East is going to be a bloodbath. I mean, I don't know if Florida can get it done. I'd love to like love to see them get it done. They have a couple of veterans who've played. You know, Joe Thornton's been in the league for like seventeen hundred games, something crazy amount. Love to see him win it. So. I don't know. I think I think Toronto and Tampa, they're probably gonna end up playing. They're gonna beat each other up. Um, I think Florida, Florida's gonna end up either playing Pittsburgh or Washington. I I'm gonna go Florida out of the East. And then the West, hmm, you know, I'd love to see like McDavid or McKinnon make it there. That's fucking insane. I I'm gonna go with not necessarily a sleeper, but I love Minnesota. They just got Marc Andre Fleury. They're slept on a lot. They have a couple injured guys and they're still still performing well. So I think if they get healthy, they can get hot. I mean, that's going to be a great series in the West. Yeah, and also Matthews is the, probably the favorite for MVP right now, right? He's him and McDavid. They're McDavid's got to be one, two, yeah. And then they go one and two in the draft? No, nah, separate years, separate years. Separate years, sorry. <laughs> How far are they apart? Yeah. They're one year. Oh, it's Jack Eichel who won second. Eichel's two, yeah, to McDavid. Right. Okay. Okay, so myself a little bit. Yeah, you got anything else to say about that? Any any um, rookies maybe that are going to make their debuts or any teams that are making their push for the first time in a long time? Some Russian's going to come out and just dominate probably somewhere. Is there any like surprising team that you've seen in the playoffs that you think uh, is just like – I'd say the East is pretty scratch. I mean, the Rangers I didn't expect to be this good, but their goal is unbelievable. Um the West is, I don't know, that's still a tight race. I'd say that's, I don't think it's scratch. I, I expected Winnipeg to be better, but I mean, it's like pretty, I mean, LA actually, I'll give you that. LA is, um, I did not expect them to be this good. I don't think they're going to make Kings, it anywhere. Fucking suck. Huh? Kings, LA Kings. Yeah, I don't think that they don't suck, but I don't think they're necessarily like a playoff team. Uh, they just lost their best defenseman for the year. So the problem is with the Oilers, I feel like the Oilers, I mean, Dry Saddle and McDavid. Um, what's it called? You think fuck the Caps just got scored on is it three three? Yeah. They need this game. Well, um, I mean the <laughs> pump orders, I mean, there's not really a problem with it, but they had what like what two of the best bears in hockey on the same line going at it. I mean, it's insane what they have. And Edmonton, I think the goal their goal is what Mike Smith, they right? Goaltending, yeah. Mike Smith. Mike Smith, yeah. I mean, that's not it's not like it's like bad, but it's like average. But if you have a guy like McDavid, I think, in any kind of 
situation in hockey. He's just that much better than everyone else on the ice. And then you have draw settle with him. I think the Oilers are always going to be a team that, you know, you don't want to play against anytime in the playoffs. I mean, obviously, yeah, but hockey's a team sport. You can't. It's not bad. Like, he's he's not LeBron. He can't play every minute of every game. Yeah, especially hockey, yeah. All right, well, we'll revisit hockey next week. We'll we'll talk about what's going on there, but love to see it. So let's go right to the All Things Sports special. Let's go to our hot takes. A lot of good hot takes have been given out these past weeks, and some double some doubling down may happen tonight. A lot of rumors are pointing to that. Um, but I'll let I'll let Matt start with his hot take. He's been waiting, by the way. He's been like all day. He's like, oh my god, no, I can't I wait know. to get my hot take. No, I have not been waiting for shit. <laughs> I um, you told me I didn't tell this now. So mine is kind of related to that, or it is related to that. Um, I'm gonna double down on my hot. I think I said it maybe on the first episode of the uh, ATS podcast. I think I said it on the first episode about the uh, hot take that I had here. My my hot take today, I'm gonna double down, is the Washington Capitals winning the uh, Stanley Cup, bringing it back to DC. Um, I mean, Brandon said it also. I mean, I think since the beginning of April, I think it started April uh, six. Um, their last 10 games, they've won seven of their last 10. And they're not like teams that are like shitty teams. They've won games um, against Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Boston. And these are back to back to back. And then they played against Colorado the other night, beat them in Colorado. And they lost to Colorado in overtime. They lose Colorado. Have you ever won 18th? Three, oh, they did win. They did win. They also Vegas. Yeah. They, they lost to Vegas the next time in overtime. Yeah. But I mean, that's another game lost in overtime. But I mean, beating Colorado, Toronto, they lost to Toronto because Toronto's nasty. But um, Boston, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, these are all great, great teams. Very quality wins. Very quality wins. I mean, they're like I said, I said earlier, the hot, the, uh, hot team at the right time, the Capitals, I feel like they are. They're not getting enough uh, attention. Um, and there's, I mean, seven of the last 10 wins going into the playoffs is a very good thing to do. Um, there sucks right now. I think they're tied 3 3 right now. They're up 3 to 1. Um, but that would be eight of the last 10 that they can win tonight. But yeah, I mean, we're healthy and we're getting healthier and healthier. I think we're pretty much. Getting all of our guys back. The veteran guys are all playing now with Oji, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, um, and obviously, you know, Ovechkin just putting up crazy numbers in the, score, in the scoring category. I mean, I don't know why not the Capitals this year. I mean, the time's kind of running out now, I feel like, for them, because all these older guys with, you know, Backstrom and Ovechkin, I mean, we're, we're definitely an older team. So I don't know why it couldn't be this year. So my hot take again is Washington Capitals bringing the Stanley Cup back home to D.C. I don't know if this is allowed or not, but. First time ever, I'm hopping on the bandwagon. That's my hot take also. I'm tripling down. Wow. Tripling down. We're, we're a little bit biased. We're I'm thinking, it's definitely biased, but I'm taking the easier. Like I said, though, no one's talking <laughs> about them. As you said, they're hot at the right time. I think they're Vandercheck or Samson. One of them's got to step up for this to happen. But I think I, one of them catches fire, and that's all you need. They wow. Have they have the know. roster. That has never happened, by the way. Like that, that it's I don't know if that's legal. I don't know if that's Ooh. legal. That's it's legal. It's legal. It just better fucking happen. I mean, Jesus. So I'm not gonna triple down. I'm gonna switch up the sports. You're a quadruple down because I said quadruple, quintuple, whatever. I, I'm not doing that. Um, I'm gonna switch sports. That NFL, something I actually know something about. Um, I know we were talking about it earlier about Debo. I'm going to say that Debo gets traded on drafting to the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to predict the whole thing. Um, I think it happens. I think the Eagles are going to trade for him somehow, whether it's given to They had all these picks. Um, I have a feeling that that's the night that they do it. 
Um, and I said this all along, I think Debo is just a fantastic fit with their run heavy offense. And he's so done. I, I know he just wants to be a receiver, but he's got to take, he's got to take snaps at running back in my opinion, but whatever is good for him. But that's what I think. I think Debo to the Eagles on draft like this Thursday, I think. ATS, yeah. ATS fans, you heard that. Huh? And when it happens, I don't know, but it, it will seen- happen. He's seeing the future. Get your uh, – pl- I think it's like plus 1,200 right now. Get your plus 1,200 odds of the Eagle and the Eagles. That shit's on. like plus 5,000. I mean, it's that would be the specific day, whatever. Oh, so, yeah, oh, the Eagles. day is infinite, but, yeah. I would hate that as a Commanders fan, but for fantasy and for – as a sports fan. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah. You'd love to see it as an NFL fan because he would thrive there. But... The Rogers. And if Jack was here right now, I guarantee you he'd be, he'd be talking that one up. But – all right, last topic. We kind of talked about it earlier, but we didn't really talk about this specifically. So we talked about the Nets and their struggles so far. We know who Kevin Durant is. He's one of the best players of all time. Is he overrated? And the only reason why I'm asking this is because, you know, this him being down 3 nothing is obviously not a great look. They didn't make it past the second round last year. Some people are arguing he can't even win without Steph Curry. So I'm just wondering what you guys think. Obviously, we know his skills and whatnot, but is he overrated as an NBA player, as an accomplished NBA player? Is Kevin Durant overrated? Um, do I go bring it? I'm going to go real quick. You can go, you can go. So, I mean – my stance on KD is I've always loved KD. I mean, it's not – I don't really got to explain how good he is or what his talent is. Everybody knows how good he is. Um, his talent is unquestioned, and his, you know, ability to score the basketball is probably, if not – probably the best ever, honestly, to score the basketball. Um, as far as overrated, I don't know if it's, like, the right – I think maybe, like – you can't say he's not a winner either because he definitely has won games um, in the big time. He's won a finals, whatever. But it begs you to think, like – how do you have not had Clay, Steph, and Draymond in, you know, Golden State and, you know, had the help that he had there? Would he still be uh, considered – I mean, I, I'll always be considered one of the best. But would it be – would he have as much success? I don't know. I mean, he's been, like you said, in the Nets two years now. And that, the fact they're down 3 nothing now um, is a joke. And last year they had the whole problem with the shoe bullshit, the injuries with Harden, injuries with Kyrie. It's always been these problems. We're all around the Nets. I don't know if it's Brooklyn with the problem. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, Kitty will always shine. Kitty will always get his points in the regular season. I don't know if he's overrated. I, I, don't, I don't think he's overrated, but I think that, you know, it just hasn't worked out for him in Brooklyn as far as winning. He's always going to put up numbers. It's Kevin Durant. But yeah, I, don't I, mean, winning. I don't think he's a winner as much as he is um, elsewhere. But I don't think that you could say Kevin Durant's overrated. I, I think it's, that's crazy to say that Kevin Durant's overrated in basketball. I, I don't think he's overrated. Yeah, I think that's pretty spot on. I mean, he's not a winner, but he's got the awards, MVPs. He's got the stats to all prove, like, He's a phenomenal player. Like, he's lethal wherever he goes. Um, you know, had he not gone to Golden State, who knows where he could have ended up and, you know, how – if they would have won wherever he would have ended up. But as far as being overrated, I agree. I, I think he's – I don't think he's overrated, but he's not a winner, if you can differentiate between the two. I yeah, mean, it's, it's, I don't know, like, a nice fine line in between that, but I love KD. Um, I mean, look, look LeBron – when he was in the East, never had this problem. LeBron did what he had to do against what? I mean, I, you could argue 
the last competition with the Atlanta Hawks. But I mean, the Atlanta Hawks being in that competition, they had Kyle Korver. They who else? They had like five ulcers on their team. Jay Crowder. That team was yeah. like stacked. I mean, LeBron got took care of business there in the East, right. where Katie has it. And some argue that oh, whatever, Boston's a better team, which I don't even think it's true. Um, but I think LeBron is just he's found ways to do it. I don't know why Katie hasn't. I don't know what it is. Injuries, you know, the off court problems. But as far as the actual question of being overrated, I don't think he's overrated, but he's not a winner without the help that he needs. Yeah. Um, Duran is not overrated. Uh, the only reason why I'm asking that is because it's literally like one of the most trending topics right now. I think it's the dumbest argument of all time. Um, the whole Steph Curry argument is ridiculous. He won finals MVP there, and he was literally the primary defender on LeBron James uh, and Iguodala, obviously, but Kevin Durant was giving him buckets too. Um, this is Kevin Durant we're talking about, and yes, he's having a bad series, but this is not his fault. He's on a dysfunctional team with a dysfunctional head coach and honestly a dysfunctional uh co-star in Kyrie Irving I mean he's been a mess all year he's finally playing now and he's a stud but he's just a lot to deal with so look Durant he's not playing his best right now he's not the best player in the world right now it goes to Giannis or Jokic or Embiid but he is without a doubt in my opinion a top 15 player all time if not higher. Oh, not. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a stud. He can do everything. He's literally changed the game. He's a seven-foot player that can shoot the ball better than literally anyone I know. Um, he's not overrated. He's he's one, and I, I understand the argument. He joined a stacked team, but, like, he outperformed all of those guys on the stacked team. He's won MVP before. He's always he's, – he's won a couple of scoring titles. He, he's not overrated. He's not – he's not – Overrated is the point, and he's having a bad series because of how good Boston is. I think that's why people should really look out for the Celtics team because they're looking, they're making KD look like an A, like a normal AAU basketball player. Like he's not, he's not KD right yeah, now. Finished. He's Kevin. He's not. He's not KD right now. He, he's just Kevin. He's just Kevin. He's not so him. He's not, he is not him. Um, yeah. So. I don't think he's overrated. I do think that he needs to be in a better environment. Um, can I, can I build off of that real quick? I don't want to cut you off, but you know what we need? I think we need to have a little Anthony Gill recruiting to bring KD back uh, home. To yes. DC. If the Nets had Anthony Gill, this would uh, they would they'd be up three nothing instead of down. Well, obviously, that was no. We need reverse. We need reverse. We need Anthony Gill to recruit KD. To that's DC. what I'm saying. I said bring him back. Bring him back home to DC. That's what we should do. I would love. I would love that. I mean, I don't Gill to Never gonna happen. Bill, Bill might be gone, but we <laughs> we love. I love KD. I love watching him play. He's just a hooper. I mean, you don't see that. I mean, LeBron's out here drinking wine every other day, and KD's just wake up, play basketball, repeat. Um, no, LeBron's obviously a dog, but you know what I'm saying. KD is just a hooper. Um, LeBron hate you, fucking ass. LeBron's LeBron's the go. What are we doing? I hate I hate LeBron. He's the go. I think. He's uh, bringing LeBron in. <laughs> he's top two. Is either him or MJ. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I guess it's Jordan. But I don't know. But whatever. KD's a stud. He will get his revenge at some point. He was a shoe size away from going to the conference finals last year, or from the finals last year. Um, he, he has just gotten mucky, and I'm not saying he hasn't played well, but. The debate needs to stop. I still believe in Kevin KD. Durant. KD's the best. Yeah, we all do. I'm glad we're all on the same page. Um, but yeah, craziness happening in Brooklyn and Boston right now. 
Um, no one really saw that coming. Nice Stephen all. A did apparently. Yeah, well, he he's, he's something else, I guess. But I, I definitely didn't see that coming. Stephen A. Smith. But it's not that I didn't see the Celtics winning that series because I honestly thought they'd been a better team. I just didn't think they would potentially sweep the Brooklyn Nets. Like that's crazy to say. So crazy to say. Nobody would. I mean, if you told me that beginning of this playoffs or even the beginning at some, I don't even know what it is. I mean. I thought you had three foreheads. I would never have believed you. I think you I could have said it right before the series started. A sweep is crazy. Yeah. But then I again, Brooklyn really doesn't have any home court advantage because it's all last game. They're all Celtics fans there. So it's like, I don't know. It's really, really crazy. But I think it really solidifies Boston as like a legit team in the East. I think they have to be the favorite right now. I think a lot of people are pointing to a Celtics-Warriors final. It is early. But, Yeah. Craziness. I just want to say one thing. About, I know. I know. I shot on the Nets a little bit, kind of. You know, not really Nets. More Simmons being a fucking joke, and now he pathetic he is. Yeah. Maybe Stephen A. When it comes to that, but I will say I still don't want to. You know, I mean, I did show the Nets. I think they're a whole mess right now, but I don't want to count out the Nets just yet. I I think they still have a little bit. There's a future on them. I do a future on them. Matt, I will give you a hundred dollars if they win the series. I don't – I'm not saying they're going to win. I just say I'm, I would not count the Nets out just It's yet. never been done in NBA history. I don't I think that's understand a stupid that. thing to say, but it's stupid. I'm not giving up yet. That's, uh, that never happened in NBA history. I don't never have, and never have we had a triple down on uh, ATS. That is uh, true. He's right. He's right ATS about that. Bullet takes, never had so. a triple down. Yep, yep, yep. Never had a triple down. So, I mean, why not, why not create history, right? As KG once said, anything is possible. So, maybe. But The Captain's winning the shootout? They, we shot first and we scored, so. Okay, cool. Well, if, if that's correct, then I'll be 8-10 in the last 10 games, 8 wins. Yeah, Brandon's got to run. He's got, got a big game going on right now. We'll cut it off right here. Thank you guys pleasure. for tuning in. Hope you Let's guys enjoyed our – well. Yeah, thank you, Anthony, again. Jenna, thank you guys so much. Um, hope you guys enjoy that, and we'll see you next week. Peace.